Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. I would love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. So we are continuing on in the book of John. Last week, Pastor Randall spoke about the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. That's John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. What a fantastic message. If you have not heard it, let me encourage you, go to our website, riversidecc.org.au. Go to podcasts. You will certainly be inspired. Now, that message that Pastor Randall gave, preceding that, we spoke about how that the priests went to the pool of Siloam and poured water out onto the water in this great celebration. And now how Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and you will, you will have out of your life rivers of living water. So Jesus says that and then the following morning he comes back into the court and they bring the woman caught in the act of adultery. And we see how Jesus behaves in that situation. He doesn't condemn her. He tells her to go and sin no more. And then straight after that, we move into this next portion of Scripture where we take up in John chapter 8, verse 12. And this is what it says. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more. So once again, in this court, it's the court of the women, also known as the treasury court, he speaks. And this is what he says. Once more he speaks and he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. What an incredible thing that Jesus says here. He makes that statement, you will have light. He says, I am the light of the world. You see, the Pharisees, they get really angry with Jesus about that because of what is taking place. And this is what the Pharisee says. It says, the Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Well, the reality is, is the testimony that Jesus gave there had already been preceded by the testimony of not two, but three witnesses. That was his father who said, this is my beloved son. It's also how the Holy Spirit descended like a dub on Jesus. And also John the Baptist who said in John chapter 1, uh, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So actually, those testimonies of those threes confirmed who Jesus is. But the Pharisees, they weren't interested in that because their motive was not pure. And Jesus told them this. This is what he says. These claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you don't know me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And folks, I want you to remember this this morning. Jesus did not come to judge the world. Jesus came as grace and light to the world so that they could have a connection with God back into a relationship with him. We are not to judge the world. In fact, the scripture tells us we're to judge inside the church, but not outside of the church. Our responsibility as Christians is to love people. It's not to love the sin of people, but to love people and to show grace and mercy to them. 
So then Jesus continues on in John 8, verse 16 and 19, and I'll read it. And if I did, my judgment would be, con- uh, would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is an accepted fact. I am one witness and my Father who sent me is the other. And they said to him, where is your Father? Where is your Father? Now in those days, uh, they knew what the connection were to different families and to different tribes. And perhaps they're making you know, that statement because maybe they know about the situation of Jesus. Maybe that they know that Joseph broke off that relationship. Maybe they knew that his father had passed away, but they said, where is your father? But Jesus is too quick for them. And Jesus answered, since you don't know, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because he had, his time had not yet come. It was the, uh, the treasury court, but it was also the temple court of the women, where the women would gather and worship God. And an amazing thing takes place within this temple court of the women. And that is this. It is a place that is also known of a place of illumination. In fact, in this uh, section that we read in the, in the Bible, this, this section of the Feast of Tabernacles, where we first see the pouring out of the water on the altar, and where the priest s- says that, you know, like, it, this now is the water of God that represents the Holy Spirit. That was the, the one part of that ceremony But there is also a second part where there is this part that is so relevant to this portion of Scripture, and that's called the illumination of the temple. And in this temple and in this court were four pillars. And on top of those pillars that were 75 feet high, 22.5 meters long, were were menorahs that were lit. And they were lit at the end of the day and they would burn right throughout the night and the light was so bright that it's recorded that every courtyard within Jerusalem was lit because of these four menorahs on these incredibly high pillars and they would burn right throughout the night and throughout the night holy men righteous men would come and worship and sing and praise God and dance before him because these pillars of light represented the light of God that brought the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the light. And the light of the lamp, of these lamps that burned all night represented two things. Firstly, it, it represents the light of all lights or the Shekinah glory. In Numbers chapter, I think it's, uh, let me find it, chapter, sorry, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10 and 11. It talks about at the first temple, the presence of God came down so strong that the people couldn't stand. They were under the weight 
of the light of all lights, the presence of God became manifest in the temple, the Shekinah glory of God. And when these lights were lit all night, people would reflect on the temple that God's presence had come. And secondly, then this is an incredible thing, it represents the great light, the great light who would come, who would soon come. And we can see a reference to that in Isaiah chapter 9. And if you read verse 10, it says, a light has come. And so as this is taking place at the Feast of Tabernacles, where there is this rejoicing before God, on the last day, Jesus shouts out that he, you know, if anyone would come to him, that they would never, you know, thirst again, that out of his innermost beings would come living water, speaking of the Holy Spirit. And then he deals with the woman caught in the act of adultery. And again, Jesus shows who he is, that he is one who brings mercy and grace. He represents God. He is God in human flesh. And then on that last night when those, uh, those menorahs burn all night and then they went out, Jesus says these words, I am the light of the world. What was Jesus doing at that moment? Jesus was trying to bring a revelation of who he is. And we need a revelation of who Jesus is. We need that revelation so that we can understand who God really is. We need that revelation because he is the light of the world. I am the light of the world, he said. And if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. In fact, in the Gospel of John, there are seven I am statements. This is the second one. The first one is in John 6 verse 35 where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And the second one is this, I am the light of the world. And throughout the Gospel of John, we're going to read them as we go through the Gospel of John, who Jesus really is, the bread of life, the light of the world. We need a revelation of who Jesus is. And Jesus makes this statement, I am the light of the world. I want us to look at this scripture where he says, I am the light of the world. And what does that mean, I am the light of the world? It means that God, who has come in human flesh, Jesus Christ himself, is the illuminator of light to the life of men. He brings the revelation of who he is. And notice this. It says that I am the light of the world. He says I'm the light of the whole world. Not just the Israelites. Not just a few selected people. Not royalty, not the intellect, not the downtrodden, but Jesus is the light of the whole world. And that so brilliantly ties into John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the whole world. He just didn't love those he thought were nice. He didn't just come to love those who were broken. He comes for the whole world because he is a God who cares for everyone. So he makes this statement, I am the light of the world. But then he says this, Jesus gives us the challenge. I am the light of the whole world. If you follow me, that's the challenge. You have, a, have the opportunity to either follow him or not follow him. He doesn't demand it. He wants you to follow him because he is the light of life. And that word follow, what does that really mean for us? Well, fortunately in the Greek, because when Greek was written, it was written so that we could have a full understanding or a picture. And there are actually five pictures that, that represent that word follow. And the first one is this, 
that a soldier following his captain. So the captain calls the order and the soldier says, yes, sir, that's what I'm going to do. There's no question. There's no discussion. There's no negotiation. We follow the captain. What he calls us to do, and it's a picture as followers that we understand that we are in a battle. We're in a battle of righteousness and truth, a battle of love for those who don't understand what real love is. We follow our captain. We are soldiers. And secondly, it is the picture of a slave who accompanies his master on the journey of life. How amazing is this? You know, we are called slaves of Christ Jesus, not because he makes us our slaves, but we make ourselves a slave to him because he is the one who loves us completely and openly and honestly and that we do not have to fear. We we follow the master through this journey of life and it is good. Thirdly, it is a picture of someone who listens and obeys to the laws of the land. A good citizen, a citizen who doesn't go against those laws that are good and right and wholesome. It's not that we have our own ideas about what we should do, but we follow the citizenship of heaven, and that is to love people. So we are a soldier, we are a slave, we're a good citizen. And fourthly, it is one, a picture of a person who listens to the wise counsellor. Hey, that's amazing. You know, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the counsel of the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak of his own. He's only going to speak of what I say. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's Jesus speaking. And the Holy Spirit is passing that message on to you. So you can follow him with an understanding that the counselor who is speaking to you is speaking the words of Christ, the one who gives light for life to live. And lastly... It is one who understands the teacher's reasoning. You know, when Jesus spoke and he taught, he taught with one of authority. When he taught, he brought an understanding, a new way of looking at life the way it should be. And that teaching is such an incredible part of the Christian walk as we follow him. And that's what we are to do. Follow him in those five ways. As a soldier, as a slave, as a a person, a citizen, as one who listens to wise counsel, and as one, without any doubt whatsoever, understands the teacher's reasoning. We are to be a companion of Christ. We are joined with Christ, going the same way in the same direction we are following him. So Jesus makes this statement of who he is. I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, he then brings this incredible promise to us. You will not walk in darkness. Have you ever been in the dark? Maybe got up in the middle of the night and decided to get a drink of water and realized that you just can't see anything and you, you gradually creep around and not realizing that the kids have been playing with Lego and then very... Very gently, you step on that wonderful, sharp piece of Lego. You see, darkness, we can't see anything. We can't really understand anything. 
And this darkness that Jesus says, you won't walk in darkness, means literally that you won't walk in moral depravity or spiritual darkness. When I first became a believer in Christ, my behavior changed slowly. I started to do things and I went, gee, that just doesn't feel right. I think I I need to change my behavior. Because what had happened is light had come into my life. And the things that I used to do that were morally depraved, and because of light had shed itself upon those things, I realized i got to stop doing that. And so I did. Because when light comes, the reality of the things that you do that are not good and not wholesome and not of God are so plain to you. I mean, Paul said there was like scales that fell from my eyes and I could see the reality of who I was and what I was doing. We no longer walk in moral depravity and we don't walk in spiritual darkness. We are able to understand what we did not understand before. And that is the promise. We won't walk in darkness. And we need the revelation of who Jesus is. And the reason is this, that he will have the light that leads to life. Light that leads to life. The light that leads to life as God would have it. It's a real life. It's a a real source of fulfillment and purpose. The big question that people ask is, why am I born? Why am I here? Why do I exist? You exist to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You exist so that you can have purpose and you can have the light of life and not worry about being in darkness. And it's not a life that is void of challenge. But it is a life where we understand that God is with us, that he doesn't forsake us. He's with us to the very end. The reason you will have light that leads to life. How incredible is that? This is the revelation that Jesus brings to his people. I am the light of the world. You know, from the beginning of the year, we've been going through the book of Revelation. Uh, sorry, the book of John. The book of John. And I have been praying for you, church, individually and corporately, that God would give you a revelation of who he is. You see, the, the whole purpose of the writing of the book of John is found in John chapter 20, verse 31, where John says, But these things are written so that you may continue, continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing in his name, you will have the power for life. And so from that end, from the beginning of the year, I've been praying for you every morning, church. been praying for you individually. God, give them the revelation of who you are. Give them the revelation that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Give them the revelation that you are who they need to know more and more in their life. And about two weeks ago, This is what happened to me as I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would give you the revelation of Jesus Christ. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that's not enough. And I kind of like stopped. And I sensed God say to me, that's not enough. 
Isn't it amazing when God speaks to you about something and you have no clue what he's talking about? I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's happened to me. So I said, God, what do you mean it's not enough to be praying for people to have the revelation of Jesus Christ? And I just waited. And as sure as I'm standing here talking to you, I sense that the Holy Spirit says to me, pray that they not only have the revelation of Jesus Christ, but they would be the revelation of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, bang, the lights went on. And I said, thank you, Lord. That is so brilliant. That not only do we need to have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, but we need to be the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Since that day, I've been praying for you that you would have not only the revelation of Jesus Christ, but to be the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, we can receive revelation after revelation after revelation. We can receive word after word after word. In fact, at our Connect group, uh, one of the ladies said, and it was Kim, she said, I've got friends and they said, they want a word from God. They want a word from God. They want a word from God. You know that God has given us his word and he wants us not only to have the word, the revelation of who Jesus is, but to be the word, be the revelation of who Jesus is. If I was God, and I know you're glad that I'm not, and I'm kind of glad that I'm not, but if I was God and I gave you a revelation and you did nothing about it, why would I give you another revelation? Why would I give you more if you're not willing to do with what you have? God wants us to work the word of revelation of who Jesus Christ is out so that we can show the world who Jesus really is. Why did he reveal that he was the light of the, word, the world? So that we would, in order that we would bear the light, we would bear the light of Christ to the world. That's why. Simply that. And listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. You are. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And this is what he goes on to say. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp, then puts it under a basket. Instead, they place it on a stand so that the light is given to everyone. He he gives us the revelation that he is the light of the world so that we can bear the light of Christ to the world. We not only need the revelation of Jesus Christ, but folks, more than that, we need to be the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. In this portion of Scripture, people responded of one way. But there were three different ways they could respond. The response was threefold to the crowd that day. First, there was those who rejected him. And they said, we don't accept your testimony. They rejected who he was. Then there was those that would continue to seek him. And they asked questions. They said things like, who are you? We've heard that you said that you are the light of the world, but who are you? We need to know who you are. They continued to seek him. And then lastly, there are still others who believed and received him. 
I wonder if that woman who was caught in the act of adultery, that moment, I wonder if she decided to believe and receive him. And those words are so powerful. I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light that leads to life. I believe that at that moment, when Jesus spoke those words, when the menorahs went out in the morning and the people watched as the light finally extinguished and Jesus said, I am the light of the world, there was those who looked at him and said, I believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. I have hope that she did. I think she did. But what does that mean for us right now, today, in 2021? My responsibility after I have received the revelation of Jesus Christ is to be the revelation of Jesus Christ. Be the revelation of Jesus Christ. The world wants to see truth. The world wants to see light. The world wants to know, really, that there is a God who cares for them and loves them and has a purpose and a destiny for him. God loves all the world. And that's why he gave his son. And us as believers, our responsibility is to be the light. I want to pray for us this morning. And I want to pray that we would not only receive the revelation of Jesus Christ, but now I'm praying that we would be the revelation of Jesus Christ so that the whole world would know that God would love them. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray that you would have a revelation of who he is. And when you get that revelation of who he is, ask him to come into your life. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Fill me. Show me who you are. Show me the reason why I am here. I believe, God, that you have a plan and a purpose and a destiny for me. And if you're sincere in your heart, I know that God will give you that. So let's pray this morning and believe for those things, to be the revelation of Jesus Christ, and also for those who don't know Jesus, that they would have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, we pray that not only we would receive the revelation of Jesus Christ, but that we would be the revelation of Jesus Christ, that we would be the light of the world, that people would see the real Christ, the glorified Christ, the Christ who has not come to judge, but to give mercy and grace and peace and love and to receive kindness and joy and fulfillment and purpose in their life. Lord, help us to be light that is pure, that is shining bright for the whole world to see. Father, I pray for those who do not know you, that they would have a revelation of who you are, that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, and they can have the power in your name to live a life of light. And I pray that now in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.